St. Ambrose of Milan wrote, Redeemer of the nations come. And so we pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Crises born in in-between times spark creativity. In his book entitled, A Hobbit, A Wardrobe, and a Great War, Joseph Leconte suggests that life in the devastating trenches of World War I provided J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis concrete insight into humanity's condition. And they also inspired them to reflect deeper on the spiritual truth of grace. Now, they both wrote amidst cynicism in religious experience. And their Christian imagination is situated between World War I and World War II and was rooted as a deep reflection about our fundamental brokenness. Their imagination was rooted in epic stories that are so replete with themes of grace and redemption, and they stand today as the greatest examples of Christian literature in our generation. For both Tolkien and Lewis, there is an acute awareness that in-between times shape the narrative arc of Scripture. We are in the season of Advent. Advent is our in-between time and offers us an opportunity to go deeper into the trenches of our lives to reflect on the profound truths we receive through the Holy Spirit. Whether it is the arc between creation and the book of Genesis to the creation of a new heaven and a new earth in the book of Revelation, or the Hebrew people who cross the Red Sea and journey in between their concrete experiences of the shackles of slavery to the promised vision of a land flowing with milk and honey, or the apostles living in between the acclamation of Hosanna and praises to Jesus to his final persecution and crucifixion on the cross. In between times are quite trying, and they're laden with uncertainty and cause much fear. Our scriptures today are about in between times. Jeremiah is known as the great lamenter. He offered his sage, but yet highly unpopular wisdom for 40 years over the reign of five kings of Jerusalem. Along the way, he suffered poverty, deprivation, prison, forced exile to all to places like Egypt, rejection by kin, neighbors, family, and yes, kings. Yet he stood alone. He stood alone to foretell the impending doom. Now, preaching repentance and calling people to turn to God amidst impending doom is no small task. Yet, he took it as his call. And in faithful obedience, he followed his call. 
Yet if you look at the book of Jeremiah, his prophecy, it's not all doom and gloom. He knew that Jerusalem would fall to the Babylonians, and he encouraged his people to just finally submit to them. And then, while in Babylon, he admonished the Jewish diaspora not to just sit by idly, but to work for the prosperity of the city. He encourages them with hope that this too shall pass, and they will be restored one day to all that is familiar to Jerusalem. During this restoration, God reveals himself in a concrete way. When the prophet writes, the Lord is our righteousness, the original language, the Hebrew lends itself to mean that the restored nation will reflect God's intention for creation, where there is restoration of relationships to the land, restored relationships between people, and restored relationship to God the Creator. Yet during this in-between time, during this time when they are away from all that is familiar, they are to seek the peace of the city and to pray for its peace. Our second lesson is from Paul's epistle to the Thessalonians. He established the church in Thessalonica during his second missionary journey. The first century Christians faced so much opposition at the hands of zealous Jews, angry locals, and the Roman authorities because Christianity disrupted the status quo in significant ways by being a subversive ethic centered on the forgiveness of sins, redemption, and the worship of Jesus as the resurrected Lord. Amidst the persecution, the small band of Christians in Thessalonica were waiting not only for Paul's pastoral presence, but they were looking forward to Jesus' return. They're looking towards the second coming of Christ with so much anticipation during this in-between time. And during them time, during that time, they keep asking themselves a pertinent question, a question that rings true for each and every one of us. How are we to live? How are we to live in this in-between time? Paul answers them. He admonishes them to strengthen your hearts in holiness. And in order to strengthen your heart in holiness, Paul, later on in the letter, encourages them to always be joyful, reminding them of the words of Jesus in the gospel today. Heaven and earth will pass away, but God's words and the promise of redemption will draw near. Friends, we are living in in-between times, and this in-between time is a challenge. We, as the church, have consistently lived in Advent, in this in-between time. We live in between the reality of God's incarnation in the historic Jesus of Nazareth and the hope of Christ's return in his second coming. In the words of Episcopal priest Fleming Rutledge, if you find this tension almost unbearable at times, then you, then you understand the Christian life. For in Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God is on a heads-on collision course with the powers of this world. Our life is in an in-between time. 
It's in an incubator, a place where the virtues of Christian life, fueled by the fruits of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, self-control, patience, are lived. Amidst life-threatening and unsettling situations, what are we to do? How are we to live amidst what we perceive to be the world collapsing in front of us? Perhaps, just perhaps, the ancient church got it right. Going back to the liturgies of the ancient Eastern Church, our 1979 prayer book incorporated the memorial acclamation. Every Sunday, in one form or another, we acclaim the mystery of faith. You'll do it later on in the service. That Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again. With the anticipation that our lives and how we are to be is shaped by the historical reality of Christ's death and resurrection, during this time we are called to press on towards the hope that Christ will come again. Our acclamation underscores the mystery of faith, not as some sort of empirically verifiable truth, but as humble submission, where we testify to the witness of the ancient faith that recognizes God's presence and ability to alter human history through the person of Jesus Christ. If praying shapes believing during this in-between time, the time of the pandemic, a time of inflation, a time of political strife, perhaps to allow our acclamation to shape how we live in the world today is our call. Is our call when everything in front of us, all that is familiar to us, is collapsing. Remember, it is in the in-between times, times like the exile in Babylon, the church in Thessalonica, in times where C.S. Lewis and Tolkien wrote that they remained hopeful. It is in times like this that the prayers of the ancient church remain steadfast, and offers us a glimmer of hope. For our salvation ultimately rests in our cry to God. We cast our fears and anxiety in his loving arms and experience his presence made real with us, knowing that we travel in this in-between time not alone. For Christ is born in between times spark creativity that root us in the faith of the past with the anticipation of a new future in God. During this time, I leave you with a prayer by Charles Wesley. May it be our prayer as we live in this in-between time. Let us pray. Come, thou long-expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Israel, strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art, dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart.
by thine own eternal spirit, rule in all our hearts alone, by thine all-sufficient merit, raise us, Lord, to thy glorious throne. Amen.